Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the show, we have two Emilys and Emily Benson is our guest. She's worked hard for the past 14 years in retail, fashion, and the boutique world. She's a self-proclaimed retail nerd and has worked as a merchant for companies like Abercrombie & Fitch and Club Monaco. Now, for those of you who are unaware, 80% of boutique owners go out of business within their first two years, and most often it's from a lack of education. Emily's Boutique Training Academy is here to help lower that percentage and give both beginner and advanced level courses and coaching to people who want to grow their boutique, whether that's like brick and mortar, online, all the things. Not to mention, in today's episode, I'm pretty sure this applies to more than just boutique owners. Oh, yeah. Since we come from a service-based expertise, we were able to take some of the tips that Emily was dishing out that are perfect for physical product-based babes in the retail space and spin them for service babes. Because honestly, like business is business is business. And so all throughout this episode, we're talking inventory and margins and how to increase your profits and making general smart business decisions based on the results of what you're currently getting in your business. So this applies to anyone selling t-shirts or courses or services. It's all about paying attention to the data, to your customers, and to trends to help you make smarter business decisions for you to scale that puppy. So get some notes, buckle up. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Guys, you get to hear from two Emilys in the same episode today. And Abby, like normal, her beautiful wife is still here. (laughs) So it's the double Emily show, double Emily Abigail show today. And I'm super excited to chat today because, you know, we had you recently at our product powerhouse summit, which was amazing and bananas. Thank you so much for that. You are kind of like 
like a product genius. And I love, love hearing your brain work in regards to helping product-based businesses grow and serve and scale. And a lot of this episode is going to be like from your expertise. But as we were kind of talking pre-show, pre-recording, every single thing you were thinking, my brain goes, oh, and that's also applicable to service-based people. Oh, I see how that could make sense for them. And so it doesn't matter where you guys are. I want you to like stick around because Emily's brain is worth knowing how it works and so the knowledge. the other Emily. So, like I'm talking about me for a second. <laughs> Both Emily's that you're going to hear from today are super smart and so knowledgeable and you need to hear what we have to say. So buckle in, take some notes. But Emily, we're talking numbers and margins and money today. Yeah. Cause that's where the juicy stuff is for me. Like, you know, and I think in talking with you guys about service base, like I spent most of my kind of growing up life in career land as a product business and and merchant. But the past three or four years, I've been in the service-based industry. So it's so cool for me to see the differences and actually like take some of the service-based things and apply them to product-based things. So it's just, it's kind of all the same, but it's kind of not when we get to the nitty gritty of margins and inventory management. That's where the biggest shift is. Yeah. Well, and margins is like a hot topic even here in our own world, because as you grow, this is a lesson that we're still learning, right? You you kind of said this pre-recording, right? You need money in order to grow, period. You In order to have inventory or scale a business or spend money on ads or a team or Cash yourself. Cash is like all I think about. That's ever. the only thing I care about <laughs> these days. And so like... Greater cash flow comes from greater margins. And like, let's kind of just dive into this though. I know we have some like physical product based people listening that so many of them are still in that like make the thing and sell a couple and then make more things. And and it's just this like juggling act of what is the actual rhythm to grow and scale. Totally. And I think that the biggest thing we have to think about as a product-based business is the difference between being a high volume or a high margin. Like You can be both. Don't get me wrong. But when you're just starting out as a product-based business, your margins are literally everything to you. And just to define really quickly, what what is a margin? It is... It's the difference between your wholesale price and the retail price that you're selling at. So that gap is not your profit. Let's be very, very, very clear. It's not your profit. It's the initial margin. Okay. Now, once you go through the process of selling, marking down, giving discounts, guess what? Your margin changes. And then you're at your maintained margin, which is then where all your other expenses have to come out of. And then eventually you get to profit. But that big difference, the bigger the difference that is, the more money you have to play with and the more money you have to grow. And what I find most often, especially with product, well, everyone, we undercharge. Like We undercharge, period, end of story. And that to me is one of the silent killers of small business is really cash. And, and I know in, you know, I specialize in retail and boutiques, brick and mortar, mobile, online. It's all the same to me. And they come to me and they're like, Emily, I'm too scared to charge more. I'm like, well, get over it and do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that why you're too scared to make more money? Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you want a business or did you want a hobby? I'm confused. 
And honestly, the minute they kind of get over that block, because it is just a block, a mindset block, they start selling more products. I hear more people that say, I raised my prices after you told me I should, Emily. And no one batted an eye. No one gives a shit. No Mm -hmm. one noticed. We notice so much because we're so close to everything. But honestly, our customers... They're not really keeping that great track of us. And if they are, that's creepy. So <laughs> yeah. well, if you are, go mind your own business. I just want you to like put it in a real world example because I think when we often like think of it as our business and our product and the thing we're selling, we get like way too like all up in our lazy lady business about it and we need to step away. But just just for example, would you rather buy $10 tennis shoes from Walmart? Or go to Nordstrom and buy $200 tennis shoes. Regardless of quality, what do you actually want? Like like the experience of buying. Yeah. Well, and I love like speaking from people who are like taking examples from service and product and whatnot. We obviously come from the service realm and that's where we've taught forever. One of our favorite, favorite students who also spoke at Product Powerhouse Summit that just wrapped up, Jordan Danae. She has a physical product-based business. She sells geek chic apparel, t-shirts and quotes on shirts and tanks and all the things. And they're amazing. And I love them. And I remember when we first started working with her like three or four years ago, we were just like, Hey, tonight in like the cover of darkness, add $5, add $7 to every single listing you have. Just do it. Don't say anything and just do it. And she was like, oh my God. Like It's stuff like that where you're like, no one sees that. No one cares. But the effects in your business are going to be great. Well, and listen, 3 to $5, think about when you go to a restaurant or when you get coffee, you're adding 3 to $5 when you put a tip on that anyway. Yeah. So yeah. you know, here's the thing. 3 to $5 to us feels like, oh, so scary. To the outside world, it's a $5 bill. Like it's literally nothing. Well, and with, with the, just like how much inflation has affected us anyway, like a couple of dollars here and there is nothing compared to how it was even when we were kids. And so like, you just got to get over it. Like it, it, it costs $12 to get a like McDonald's meal or something, which is stupid. Like I, I'm pretty sure burgers were 25 cents when I was a child. Well, and I think this goes back to, I mean, I think that in general, a lot of small business owners, we get nervous to look at the numbers. We're scared what we'll find. We, we have resistance around that. And personally, I think that's a huge problem just in our society. We don't have the financial literacy that we need to have. I mean, that's like, let me zoom out really far. But I mean, to be honest, like I have so many people come to me and they're like, well, do I use QuickBooks for inventory management? And I'm like, wait a minute. Those are two separate buckets. Inventory management is like what you're tracking within your store. You're tracking your... Do I use QuickBooks? I was so processing what you just Sorry. said. I don't, I don't even own a product business. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> girls, girls, honestly. And like, I don't want to shame any person because like, this oh, sure. is not what we learned. There's no right. dumb however, question. However, when you start a business... You need to know your stuff. Like there's no excuse to be like, I don't know how much I sold last month. What? What are you talking about? Well, and the amount of people like, and this isn't just in product land. I feel like it's maybe easier in product land because 
especially if you're selling multiple, if you're one of the lucky product people who's selling multiple quantities and you're just like, I don't know, I like made some sales and shipped some shit and that's fine. Or especially if you're drop shipping and you have no like control over that part of the process, it's easier to be that person. But the still, the amount of service-based people where I'm like, cool, how many clients did you work with last month? How many do you need next month to like reach this goal? They're like, you should see the face I just made. Like, I don't know. <laughs> And you know what? Here's the thing is that what I find is that if we can become knowledgeable, literate about our numbers, then actually there's a lot of power in the data. And that's how we do grow. We have the data. We have the sales history. We can analyze it. We can have you buy into the right buckets of what you need to restock and fill in what your best sellers are with such incredible accuracy that your growth should be very quick in a product-based business. The margins are high. If you're out there selling your butt off, you should be... I mean, I have a client that came to me last year in May 2018. She was she had just hit her first 40K month. Okay, Now, we're recording this. It's the end of March 2019. We just finished up the month. She had 133K a month. Okay? But it's insane the amount of growth you can have in a product-based business because the margins, the average units per sale. Like, But here's the thing. We dug into her numbers and we got her to buy the right inventory, the right amount of inventory so that she could actually fuel those sales. Because that's the biggest problem is that not only are you not charging enough, but you're not you're either overbuying and you're not buying the right stuff or you're underbuying and you're selling out of everything, which people love to be proud of selling out. I, nope, not a cool thing. Not a good thing. You're missing sales. Every time you sell out of something, you're missing sales. And to me, you know, the reason she's able to hit these big numbers is because she had the inventory to do it. (laughs) I take selling out as like, you want to do it once to learn about how things work and then take that and then make smart business decisions because of that. It's like, it's a great thing when it happens now learn from it and like prevent it from happening again. So you can make that money instead. And I mean, here's the thing. If every time you're launching something and it sells out, it's a problem. It's a really big problem. And actually like you are, your podcast is all about growth, right? You're never going to grow if you keep selling out. You just won't. It's great for the cachet. It's great to create some FOMO and sense of urgency and, and all that good kind of consumer stuff. But from a practical side, you're killing your business. Yep. I'd rather you make those sales instead. So higher margins, key. So we'd literally just need to raise our prices. But like how like how much of a pad do we need? Because I feel like starting my business in service, I was looking for like 90, 95% margins and that's insane. But then like now I'm like, if I get 20% this month, oh my I God, will the like, amount of so, margins that has changed as our business has so grown. Happy. <laughs> 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 what do, what's like a healthy margin for I mean, a product-based business? Right. For a product-based business, I like to say times your wholesale by three. That's kind of the easiest way for me to do it. We we go more in depth in some of my courses and, and some of what I teach. But the simplest thing is to say, if your product costs $10 for you to buy or make all in, loaded, shipping, all that jazz, you want to take that $10 times by three. So the retail price on that item is $30. Okay. That is enough where, and I like to break it down like this. So it's, it's easy. 10 of that $30 goes back to buy inventory. 10 of that $30 goes to cover expenses and maybe some taxes. And then the other 10 
hopefully we get to either pay you or put into some kind of capital savings account so that you can continue to do the good work that you're here to do. So really easy when you break it down. I, I love using the 10 to $30 because it's boom, boom, boom. We slice the pie up very simply. And that 30, you know, it's not 30. So it's 3x times it by three. Industry standard in where I've been hanging out tends to be between two and 2.5x. And listen, that's what they were doing like back in the 60s. And it just... It's People not are spending money anymore. Now. It's not enough money anymore. Well, and I think uh, like the cost to produce is less too. Am well, I crazy or am I not? Co- well, so here's the thing: is actually we've seen cotton prices get a little bit higher in the past couple of years because there were some crop issues like three years ago. You know, it, it very much is the life cycle of a product. So if you're selling something that comes from cotton or silk or things like that, you know, a lot of your cost of materials or cost of labor. Again, you make it in LA, you make it in China going to be very different costs. But here's the thing is that you, you can raise your price, but you can also negotiate lower. So maybe when you get to the point where you're growing and you are buying more units, you know, I had a woman come to me, she said, thank God for your inventory management training, because I just bought a whole pallet of Turkish towels. They're on a boat now. I saved $4. Them to me. Right, oh, I'll send you her link. $4 a unit she saved. and it's crazy. And on top of that, she will be able to potentially wholesale on the side and have, you know, a B2C business and a B2B business, right? So she's, that's fueling inventory will fuel your growth period. End of story. So Mm -hmm. what are some, what are some tips for people who literally like hand make everything? Like where can they cut these Yeah. I mean, handmade is a little bit harder, I'd say. It's a little bit trickier because number one, you have to value your labor. That's number one. That has to be loaded into your cost. The other piece of it is if you're going to do wholesale accounts, you want to take that into consideration that you're going to make money and they're going to make money. So if you are coming out and saying, okay, all in, it's $10 to make my product. You've got to figure that you almost have to charge... $20, $17 to someone else to then for them to flip around and sell it for $34, $38. We know that if we're buying, you know, from a retail perspective, I know if I'm buying from someone handmade, I'm going to take a little bit of a, a cut on my margin. But that's where, and I talked about this in the Powerhouse Summit, is that blended average comes in where you can carry some stuff that's, you know, a two, 2.5. As long as the rest of your stuff is three, three point five. I mean, three point five is my minimum, or three three x is really my minimum. Yeah. If you can get four x, five x, ten x, do it. Okay. And that stuff is going to balance it out. That's really where it comes in. So the handmade people, it's definitely a little bit, a little harder. But I do think the intrinsic value of something that's handmade, it, it can absolutely. We can charge more for it. We know that. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart. 
including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I think the idea of blending is so important because I see so many handmade businesses making literally everything. everything. And like they want to start casting the beads to hand make the thing that makes the lock. Oh my God. <laughs> I get so overwhelmed. But I have an example for you guys. We have a friend who used to hand make tutus for like for like one-year-old and two-year-old birthday parties and that was like all her shop was for the longest time it was just tutus she'd sell ridiculous amounts of like we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of tutus the moment she started adding on pre-made party supplies per sale what do you call that when you have average transaction average transaction like doubled And she wasn't making any of these things and her margins were significantly higher on all these other items. And I was like, this is where the money is, people. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, that's where it comes into the the piece of the product assortment being what you need. So like even for a maker, 
you've got to think about the diversity of your product assortment. Like I always say that the more interest there is in your product assortment, the more excited people are going to be to shop with you. And that doesn't mean you have to be all over the place, but you have to be creative and thinking, what can I add on like your friend did to round it out. Right. Right. But like being also very strategic, like what Megan did was just like, okay, how else can I fulfill this art, the need that they're already here for? How can I serve them just by like letting them stay in my shop for longer and buying more things? I know some people who are like, I'll make bracelets and then I'll sell wine glasses because my people like to drink wine. I'm like, I just, that's not necessarily a connection here. So be smart about it. Be strategic about it. But I love using that blended strategy. And I also think that brings up a point that it really depends on how you sell too. Like if you're selling online and like your whole theme is party, but like you have a boutique, like I feel like you can have like different things in it. If someone's like walking around versus like if you're strictly selling right online. Well, and I see this for service-based people too. I I know our service-based listeners are like, okay, but how does this apply to me? Like y'all do this too, right? Like you offer this service and then you're like, oh, I'm I'm a photographer. And now all of a sudden I'm going to like start selling presets. But if your people are only like your family clients, are they buying your presets? Like no one gives a shit about that. They want you to take their pictures and want you to edit them. So like, just be mindful about the thing that you're tacking on for your customers. I like to use the idea of like a sister or cousin product. Like they want to, they need to be in the same family (laughs) and, but they still can be, you know, one can be brunette and one can be blonde. You know, that's the thing is when you do go to expand that assortment, you do want to think, is my customer coming here and is it added value for them or is it going to really confuse them? And that's something you can very easily ask some of your customers too. Like this is, if you have a customer base, ask them, what else do you need? What are you looking for? And at least get an idea. I take that, you know, I say that with a grain of salt because sometimes customers can throw you wildly (laughs) off track, but you know, at least start a conversation with them and see if it sparks anything in you where you're like, oh my gosh, you're right. I didn't necessarily think about that. We're always listening for customers. That's same in service-based. I mean, service-based, I get to the point where I literally use the words that they're emailing. (laughs) You said you needed, insert sentence here. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Um, Exactly. Okay. So let's talk more. I think we kind of like skipped over it a bit because I freaked out about the QuickBooks example, but inventory management and accounting. Okay. I get that they're separate. Like let's talk software tools, like ideas around all of that. Totally. So, you know, I am a big fan of Shopify. To me, especially with a product-based business, it's really cool because you can not only have both an in-store or in-person POS system, point of sale, or you can have your e-commerce already set up for you. It's so seamless. Like you do something once and it's applicable everywhere. And within Shopify, it's really cool because you can actually track your wholesale costs you can track your retail, so it will pump out the margin for you. And you really want to start looking every month at how many units you sold, how many dollars you sold, and then divide the two and say, what's my average ticket, right? Those are the really, really basic. The other thing that I think people forget to look at is, so you can either look at sell-through or, or stock-to-sales. They're, they're cousin kind of data points. Your sell-through is really how quickly are you selling through something? So you get something in and then within a week, you're sold through 60% of it. 
we know that's a great item, right? You sold through 20%, ugh, it's either a dud or we haven't really marketed it enough, right? We don't want to call things losers in the first four days. <laughs> that <laughs> happens a lot. And then you're stuck to sales. Service-based people do that. Oh, I didn't make six figures in 24 hours? Dud. <laughs> it's like my running joke. is like I opened a business yesterday and I don't have a million dollars in my bank account. I'm confused. <laughs> well, what I thought as I made multiple six figures, like why am I not making more money? Girl, you, you just got to keep making more money. Yeah. And listen, if you're good at making money, the other stuff you can figure out, yeah, right? for sure. Because I, I think that's like one thing that we come into having a small business and like we actually have to be good at selling. Like it's kind of a skill, right? And I think that, you know, when we start to look at like even, you know, this, the stock to sales unit, right? It's like, how many weeks do we have left, right? And I think in, in service-based business, we think about how much time do we need to launch this or not, right? It's, it's all about that watching how long you have to sell it, putting in that sense of urgency, and really making sure that we're... I always say show things seven times, at least with a product, you know? Like people need to see things... I mean, I will spend every ounce of my breath for 10 days launching my six-figure blueprint course. Inevitably, the week after, I get people that are like, hey, is that... Did you is it, open did you that? that? I was I, waiting for it. I missed it somehow. And I'm like, you, you missed the thousands of emails and posts and videos. I Like, come on, you know? And I think that, that applies exactly the same to product-based business. We post it once and we think no one liked it, no one commented, and it's bad. Instagram could have <laughs> had a bad day, people. Uh-huh. No, yeah. And that's the thing is I, we give up so easily because that little voice of doubt comes in and wants to take us out. And... <laughs> We just can't. We gotta. I think one of the things with being an entrepreneur, no matter what, is you you've got to have grit. Like most people, just give up because they get frustrated. They can't handle it. And I, I talk a lot about mindset. My next book is all about mindset because I really do think that unless you feel good about yourself, whether your product or service base, and you feel good about who you are, standing in your own truth, like you're screwed. <laughs> like. Well, and I think like kind of going back to you kind of have to be good at selling. I What I see so many business owners, both product and service alike, is testing out a, an offer, right? A, either physical product or digital or service or whatever, and it not going well. And so instead of learning how to market better, sell better, find better people, they create something else. And so oh, let me create a new line because this one didn't really sell that quickly. Oh, let me create a new course those things are going to sit and collect dust just like the first one did because it's not like all of a sudden these magical people on the internet are just going to be like, oh, now you've created the thing that I need. Let me go buy it. Like there has to be an act of like your boots have to be on the ground, running, knocking on doors, getting people to pay attention to what you're doing. Absolutely. And I, I really think that a lot of times it can be as simple as a name change or a price change. I mean, going all the way back to what we started talking about, I find people that are charging way too little. And the issue is people think like your customer thinks there's actually something wrong with that product. 
they're like, I don't get why it's so cheap. <laughs> like, did it fall off the back of a truck? Yep. <laughs> you know, did you feel this and you're reselling that. Yeah, <laughs> literally. And so that's where you really have to like think about the value and think about: Am I charging enough? Did I name it the right thing? Am I using the right words to sell it? Have I provided a sense of urgency? Have I talked enough about myself and why I am the coolest girl on the planet and you should work with me or you should buy my stuff because sometimes that's part of it absolutely okay let's talk, you have, i'm reading your list of actionable steps that you sent me and we've only gotten through like two of them so. it's okay <laughs> of i've them. been sprinkling in like other ones as yeah, we go that's great. i love it okay <laughs> talk to me about inventory so inventory so this is we'll go back to the stock to sales sell through percentage right You've got to understand your data. So if you're not downloading reports from somewhere like Shopify or if you're using WooCommerce, I don't even really want to talk to you if you're using like Wix or some other crazy platform because the the deal is is that you've got to be... If you're a product-based business, you have to be on an e-commerce shopping platform, okay? And even if you're brick and mortar... Those like WooCommerce and Shopify have in-store, have pop-up. If you're doing markets, they've got it all. Okay. So stop telling me that you're on a GoDaddy website. Like, I just don't want to hear it. Like I'm over it. Okay. Because I hear that. What you've got with those e-commerce platforms is that data to understand your inventory. Okay. So you really want to think about how much you're projecting in sales per month. And that could be based on... Last year's sales, if you're really new, you can base it on last month's sales and say, okay, last month was a 31-day month. There was four Fridays. Fridays are my best days. Let me kind of project that and say, I'm going to grow 10%. Okay, let me buy into that number, right? So either we're looking at last year or we're looking at what we just sold and sort of, I hate to say replacing it, but that's the simplest way to say it is replace it. What I see is that people go and they're like, I made a thousand dollars last month and I bought a thousand dollars of inventory for this month. I'm like, whoa, you're buying on your revenue. You're not buying on the wholesale cost of that revenue, which is, it's a little bit different, right? So that's why I say you really only want to buy back into sort of that, whatever your wholesale cost was buy that much again, or buy that much and $50 more, $100 more. Take it slow. I remember when I started my business, my my very first business was called The Fashion Truck. And it was a mobile boutique in Boston. Mm. I renovated a FedEx truck with my dad. Yes. And then I drove around in a cute truck and sold clothes literally like out of the back of it. I had two dressing rooms. It was legit. Okay. And what I found was that with that business, it was hard to project what you wanted. It was hard. It was going to be hard because there was events and things like that. Right. But once I got in the groove of it, and once I started like really rocking and rolling, I was able to sort of know what was going to happen. And here's the thing. Most of us, we can get back into inventory pretty quickly. So to go out and buy a bunch of stuff and right. Then, I feel like people buy loads of inventory thinking they're not going to turn around and buy more in a couple of weeks or months. And like, they can't. Like, I mean, it's so silly. The, the women I work with, the men I work with, you know, they can sometimes get things in as little as two days. What? Like, That's literally. crazy. 
Two to three days. I mean, I work with mostly fashion. I say retailers, boutique owners. You know, a lot of the suppliers are just in LA or New York or Atlanta. They're somewhere domestic. They have stuff in a warehouse. They're just going to go back there and ship it to you. I mean, I was in Massachusetts. priming you, those t-shirts, bro. Pretty much. I mean, I was in Massachusetts. And if I was in a crunch, you know, I could wake up Monday morning get my orders in, call my vendors, be like, hey, I really need you to ship this today. It needs to be three day. And it was on my doorstep by Thursday, ready for the next weekend for me to go kick butt again. You know, So that's the thing is that we think, oh, we have to buy all this stuff, but then we leave no money to rock and roll when we, can, we need to chase into an item. And that happens more often than not where we see something really not going to... Like, we're like, oh my God, we picked a winner. And then we only have a little bit of cash to go back into it when really we need like double the cash to go back into it. So inventory is, it's one of the most nuanced, I think, pieces of running a product-based business. And if you don't get it right, I pray for you because (laughs) (laughs) it's just... And I think the service-based example of, of inventory, like I... To me, it would be clear to think, okay, what are you selling? What There's digital products in stock, and that's not really a thing for here. But how I like to look at it is, do you know what your top seller is at all as a service-based person or as a digital product-based person? Like, Do you know the thing that people are buying like without your stress and results and like all of this shit? Or do you know what channel drove that sale? Because I think it's very like we're we're doing all the things right we're buying all the inventory we're on instagram and we're on the blog and we're doing pinterest and we're doing speaking against and we're networking and we're doing over here like that's our version of inventory as an online business owner without selling a physical product when we don't know which one is actually pulling the results from us we're not able we're running out of energy we're running out of time to invest in the thing that's actually working well i would assume that a lot of people with inventory also buy the things they like or think are cool <laughs> that's what and I would they do. don't necessarily buy what the people buy like i don't know if it's a balance a- I, you know honestly one of my most popular youtube videos is called only buy what you love because there is actually a problem where people go out and they look at oh well that boutique selling x y and z i should buy i should get that too and that becomes a problem because if you don't really love it, your energy isn't behind it. So so yes, I agree. There is a moment where you do look at the, the sales data. What are people buying? And listen to that. That's really, I think, what you're saying. But at the other end of it, if you don't freaking love what you're selling, yeah. like you're screwed. <laughs> well, you got to believe in it. I think for yeah. at various stages of my life and business, I have gone out to sell something that I was not, you know, super excited about. about. Yeah. I was like, oh, like I have to do this again and I have to make more money and whatever. And either out of desperation, boredom, exhaustion, stress, whatever. And like that is so evident. Like mm-hmm. you wear it. People can smell it a mile oh, away. It's so bad, guys. Like stop doing that to yourself. Your energy just like precedes yourself too in those situations where it's like people, they feel it. A hundred percent. Okay. I think it's time to go ahead and head into talk strategy to me. So I think if there's any action steps that you feel like people can take away or implement right now, like what do they need to be paying attention to in their business so they can scale up and get past the, just like the circle of not getting anywhere. 
Yeah. I mean, I really think the first thing is like, know your numbers. Like if you're ignoring your numbers, you're ignoring the data because you don't know what to do. Ask for help. You know, I think that people start businesses and they think they should know it all. You shouldn't. You should go out. You should find a coach. You should find some training programs that you resonate with the person who's teaching or the group and they've had success in what you're doing. No matter if it's service or or product-based, go find someone who you're like, I'm into what they're talking about and I want to learn from them. Because listen, if you don't understand the guts of your business, that data, those numbers... It's going to be really hard for you to well, grow. And I think specifically, I want the people listening who are hand makers and who are still offering like your craft as a service. So if you're a photographer working with photography clients and designing, copywriting, stuff like that, where it's still like handmade, right? You hand make those images, that bracelet, that candle, whatever it might be. I think specifically, you are the people who maybe didn't start this to start a business, you did it because you were good at it. And then you realize, okay, maybe I can get paid for my passion where other people might deliberately set out to like, no, this is a smart strategic decision to buy this type of inventory because I want to, I'm business savvy and I want to grow this business. So like you specifically listen to that piece. Yeah. That's a cool idea too, because I think that that was a tough piece for me when I switched from product because it was so tangible. I was like, this is $10. I can charge $30 for it. It was just a no brainer. When I had to sell myself and my skills and my knowledge, it was definitely a block for me at first when I thought, you know, you tend to think, well, everyone knows how to do this. Doesn't everyone know this? Like girl, dude, Nope. 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 But we do. So just come here and hang out here. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is you're on this podcast. You're listening to people who are experts in service-based. You're listening to me who's expert in product-based. Come find us. Ask for... Listen, there is no shame in asking for help. I am in two courses right now. I am my own one-on-one coach. I need help. That's like... And maybe that's my second takeaway for growth is really don't be ashamed to ask for help and don't be ashamed or feel bad that you need to learn more. Because listen, the minute you stop learning, I think is the minute you start dying, like in any area of your life. But if you decided that you're going to charge money for whatever it is in your life and run a business with it, you owe it to yourself to learn how to do that, period. And if you're struggling, stop. Like stop on the struggle bus, drop the ego and admit like, I need help. Mm -hmm. A hundred percent. I love that. I love your brain. (laughs) I love your brain too. Well, and listen, thank you for saying that. First of all, I'm receiving. And also it took me a really long time to realize that I know a lot and that I actually am pretty smart and I have a unique set of skills that no one else has on this planet for that I found yet. <laughs> um, but I would say that about everyone, you know, we're each made as very unique people. This is my, me being my spiritual teacher training, but you know, we're each really unique people. And I think that that intrinsic value of our uniqueness of our voice of our brain is worth money. hundred percent. It's just yep. as easy as that. And when we start to learn that, like that, who we are is so valuable that we can actually charge money for it. It's a really cool shift to make. Yeah, it's it's a pretty damn good feeling too. So thank you for all of that. Seriously, can you let everyone know where they can keep hanging out with you online and learning more from you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow my business 
Facebook page is where I really like to send people because I do a lot of Facebook lives where I can talk back to you. So that is uh, right now that is stylish and successful with Emily Benson. We're going to be shifting that over to be Boutique Training Academy with Emily Benson. I also have my own podcast called the Booster Boutique Podcast. I have like over 70 episodes now of just so much good free info. So that's on iTunes. Just switch over to that after you listen to this. And the other thing, if you know, if you're looking for more information that's kind of basic level, I have a book on Amazon. It's a number one bestseller and it's called The Ultimate Boutique Handbook. And it's 10 bucks on Kindle. It's people call it the retail Bible <laughs> to me, um, but it really it has all the formulas that we're talking about here. It talks about marketing, you know, it talks about that ideal customer, that product assortment. So if you really like feel very sparked from this, go start with my book. I think it's just a really great place, and then come join us over in my fashion trip tribe. Fashion Trick Tribe on Facebook. It's 6,000 cool people. We share literally everything. There's like nothing is off bar, you know, except negativity and crying. Um, <laughs> but like if you need a safe space to talk about product stuff, like come t- chat with us. Like it's a really, really positive, great group. And it's a community that I'm, I'm really proud to say that, you know, I think is one of the most positive places other than where you guys are, you know, on the, on the internet for, for talking that. about this stuff. So. I love positive places. Thank you yeah. for coming on. This is so great. Thanks for having me. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.